All right, this new curriculum that we're going to be teaching is called How to Stay Current with God or How to Stay Current with the Holy Spirit. This is one I have written based on someone's request. I think he requested this because one of the things Dr. Sumrall said in one of his books was that if you want to walk with God, you've got to stay current with Him. And this is very critical, uh, especially in these end times. One of the things Dr. Sumrall said is, I've always been in the middle of every move of God for his 80, 85 years on the earth. And he saw many moves of God over the last hundred years, beginning with the Pentecostal movement of Azusa Street into the healing revival, into uh, a chari- uh, the charismatic renewal, to the teaching revival, into what we're in right now. And so what we want to do is we want to make sure we stay current with God, with what he's doing and saying in this day and age. And so we've written this curriculum. And though this may be somewhat new to you, Uh, hopefully you'll be able to see it and say, well, that just makes perfect sense. And sometimes that's how the things of God are. We like, well, that makes sense. I've never heard this before, but that makes great sense. This first lesson is called the unchanging God of seasons. God does not change. We know this, but everything he seems to do is in seasons. And that's why we can say he's an unchanging God, but he's the God of seasons. We know seasons change, but God does not. And one of the things we're going to see is that though God does not change, how he deals with us, how he's moving in the earth, and even what he's emphasizing is always changing. And if you don't stay current with God, you will be out of date. You will be out of style. You will dry up and be religious. Many of our great denominations in America were once on fire, current moves of God. The Spirit of God moved on. They did not. They became a denomination. And Dr. Sumrall called them tombstones to what was once a move of God. We don't want to be a tombstone. We know right now that the Word of Faith movement, which was on the border of becoming a denomination, is nothing more than a tombstone right now because God is no longer emphasizing the Word of Faith message. It will always be part of the message, but it is not the current message. Now what we're seeing God emphasize is you must be ready for the Lord's return. You must be ready to win the lost. You must be ready to lay hands on the sick. You must be clean. That is the emphasis. What we just came through with our series of meetings, the emphasis nearly every night was be clean and walk with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will make you clean. That was the the thrust of every message all week long. So we want to stay current with God. We've got our curriculum. Let's look at it, see what we've written here. It says, our God, the living God, is a dynamic and active and on the move. He is not dead. He is not stagnant. He is not lazy. If we are to walk with God, then we must keep up with him. God does not change, but what he is emphasizing and focusing on does change. God moves in seasons. It is vitally critical that every Christian learn how to stay current with God if they hope to live a life of faith that is well-pleasing unto the Father. Now let's pause there and add this. that We know from Hebrews 11, 1 that says, Now faith is. So what you've got to do as a Christian is figure out what God is saying now. What is God emphasizing now if you're going to be in faith? Some churches, I grew up Baptist. Unfortunately, the Baptists have a horrible reputation. All they emphasize is salvation. Thank God for salvation. And they've probably won more people to Jesus Christ than any other denomination, but they don't stay current with anything else God is doing or saying. They're always hovering around the same mountain. So you have a church, 9,000 strong, full of born-again Christians, but they know nothing else other than the new birth. They've not stayed current with God. Let's pick on the Assemblies of God. We know nothing's sacred anymore. Uh, The Assemblies of God were once a great denomination uh, that pioneered the gifts of the Spirit back in America and around the world. They are the premier Pentecostal missionary church. 
missionary denomination, but they are so dead and dry anymore. Now, some of them aren't, but a majority of them are. They're a denomination. You can't even find the gifts of the Spirit in their churches anymore. They did not stay current with God. They went off on these side tangents. We must make sure we stay current with what God is saying and emphasizing. And that's the reason we have written this, so we can know what the season, of, uh, the season is that we're in, so we can stay current with it. And what we're about to look at is, you know, in the springtime, it's a different season in the natural. You don't rake leaves in the springtime. You have other activities you do in the springtime. And when it's winter, you don't cut the grass. There's other activities you do in the wintertime. You know, you put baggies over your plants. You make sure the fire, you know, the water fixtures outside are covered so they don't freeze over. And it's life and it's just a different phase and the activities you carry on are different. But you're still living. It's still God. It's still life. It's just a different season. And what too many Christians fall into is they think, I do the same thing every day for every season and it works and it doesn't work. And the next lesson, we'll cover the different seasons of a Christian's life. We'll find some things in the New Testament you've probably never seen before, how there's different seasons, even seasons though your faith would try to get you out of, you can't because you have to go through it. The Bible talks about a season of tribulation and temptation. That's a season you have to go through because it's New Testament. Your faith sustains you through it, but you can't avoid it. And and that was where the word of faith kind of got us off track. We thought we could believe ourselves away from it to never have to go through it. But if Jesus Christ was tempted in all points like as we, we're going to go through trials and tribulations too. Even the New Testament says you must be partakers of the sufferings of Christ. And if he suffered some things, so will we. And you can't just, I dream a genie, word of faith it away. And I think this curriculum will help us to realize, hey, we're not crazy. We're not falling apart. We've not done anything wrong. This is just the season. You know, Tennessee doesn't complain when it snows. What have we done wrong? It's snowing. It's just part of Tennessee. And as we say about Tennessee weather, if you don't like it, hang around a few minutes. It'll change. And whatever season your life is in right now, if you don't like it, just hang out. Stay in faith. It'll change and it'll come to pass. So that's what we want to kind of look at here. Look at this scripture here in 1 Chronicles 12, 32. And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. That's a good scripture. This is talking about when David was becoming king and all of Israel started joining themselves to him. And of the men of Issachar, which was one of the tribes of Israel, these men had understanding of the times. And it's not just enough to understand the times. This understanding permitted them to know what to do in that time. These men weren't even born again didn't even have the Holy Ghost, but they had an understanding of the times to know what their nation ought to do. This is a good scripture for us as the church. We ought to have, every one of us, understandings of the times to know what we ought to do. So that if you're in a time of temptation, what do you do? Do you focus on building a house? No, you focus on making sure you don't fall into the temptation. If you fall into an affliction where the sickness comes on you, what do you do in that season? Are you worried about finances? No, you're worried about getting healing for your body. Is your marriage being attacked? That's a, that's a season. Do you worry about going on vacation? No, you worry about getting your marriage. Is the world falling apart right now spiritually? Yes. Do we act like nothing's going on? No, it's another season. We have to know what we ought to do in this time. So we're about to look at all the different seasons. This scripture, or excuse me, this curriculum right here, this part one is written to show you that God is a God of seasons and your life is not going to be constant. And I think if you understand that you won't get discouraged or fall apart because you've got easy times and you've got hard times. 
I think if you can realize that you live life through seasons of life, and even Paul talked about that in Acts chapter 20 to the elders at Ephesus, he says, you know that I have been with you in all seasons. That wasn't winter, spring, summer, fall. That was the seasons of the spiritual climate. He goes on in the next three verses to talk about the seasons of his ministry. Sometimes I preach door to door. Sometimes I preach in the synagogues. Sometimes to the Jews, sometimes to the Gentiles. Sometimes in much travail and crying. Sometimes in much affliction. Those were different seasons. And every one of us is, if we can say it this way, predestined because we're living to go through seasons. So this is what we're going to prove here. That if you can have an understanding of seasons, you'll know what to do when you hit those seasons. What do you do when you, all of a sudden your business flourishes? You're in a season of growth. What happens if all of a sudden you're thrust to the mission field? Now you're in a season of missionary work. Our church here, we've just come through a season of remodeling. We didn't emphasize a lot of other stuff. Now we're done remodeling for a season. We're going to take a break. Then we're going to remodel some more. And this stuff works. And if you understand that, you know how to cooperate and find help in the scriptures. But you can't be like the Baptist in that all you emphasize is salvation, salvation, salvation. There's more to the word than just salvation, salvation. There's more to the word than just tongues, tongues, tongues. There's more to the word than just healing, healing, healing. There's more to the word than just money, money, money. And anybody that gets off on those tangents and stays there becomes a rut and they miss God. That's why a lot of what was the former word of faith leaders they are now missing God tremendously because they still only emphasize money, healing, and partnership. They are not current with what God is saying. They are out of touch. They are not a current voice of what the Spirit of God is saying in the earth. Let's continue on here. We must understand times and seasons if we are to stay current with what God is doing in these last days and know what to do in those seasons. So this next part I call the unchanging God of seasons. Though God does not change, Malachi 3, 6 says, I am the Lord God, I changeth not. His creation operates in seasons. God does not change, but his word clearly teaches that both natural and supernatural life have seasonal ebbs and flows. We understand ebbs and flows. It's like tides. There's ebbs and flows to all aspect of God's creation. Every aspect of his creation, if you think about it, we're going to look at some areas, some, some uh, examples here. Every aspect of creation has an ebb and flow of its life cycle. And we understand the natural is a reflection of the spirit realm. And the Bible says that all creation speaks of God and God reflects himself in his creation. We understand that. That's why you can look at animals and you can get allegory for God. He's the lion. He's the lamb. I'll renew their strength like eagles, so on and so forth. Look at Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. And you can go on through the next three or four verses and look at seasons. But notice even Ecclesiastes says there is a season for everything. This is critical for us because uh, sometimes we get discouraged when we're in a hard season or a dry season. We get discouraged because sometimes we're in a season of manifold temptations. Paul said, you have to go through that. Peter did too. And you think, what's wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you. It's just the season. Uh, one man wrote a book called No Dry Season. I would beg to differ. That's not biblical. It sells a lot of books because you think, hey, you know what? I can have it easy all the time. But Jesus Christ didn't have it easy all the time. No man in the entire Bible ever had it easy all the time. And neither will you. And if you can understand that, you can understand there's seasons when you flourish and there's seasons when you're pruned. Jesus said, I am the vine. He's, he's using the natural, his creation, to demonstrate spiritual principles. 
That's what we can see with these next examples. There's a season for everything. There's a season when you'll preach and evangelize a lot. There's a season when you'll study and pray a lot. There's a season when you'll go through a lot. There's a season when you will run on stuff and conquer a lot. And even on the old covenant under Joshua, there was a season when they would take a city and there was a season when they'd fall back. And there's a season when they would tear down and then there's a season they would build. These things run in cycles. Keep that in mind because it will really encourage you. The word of faith, unfortunately, and I'm not against the message. We understand it's good. We preach it here all the time. But the word of faith taught us that we could just keep going up and up and up and up. And yes, you can, but it's almost like the stock market, up and down, up and down, and slowly gaining the foothold. Even Brother Hagin, the father of the word of faith, he had hard times. Nobody remembers how he wore holes in his shoes and had to put newspapers in there or had to believe God that his bald tires didn't blow out. And Rhema itself has been through many hard challenges and continues to have seasons of ebb and flow. This is just reality. This is more being rooted and grounded in reality than anything maybe we've gone through in the last 25 years. So watch this. The stars, the Bible says, are given for signs and for seasons. Genesis 1.14, Every, even stars and planets have cycles and seasons and stages. We know that stars go through different seasons and stages. You have a red dwarf, then a blue dwarf, then a white star. Then you have novas and supernovas. There are stages in even stars. That's what astro astronomers tell us. Planets go through seasons. In fact, one of the things that geologists and astronomers tell us is that our planet is dying. It's just part of it. It's a cycle. Um, planets cycle the sun in seasons. Duh. The Bible speaks of night seasons, daytime and nighttime. The oceans have tides controlled by the position of the moon. That's a cycle. That's a season. Weather is seasonal even in the tropics. In Nigeria with Pastor Akwoko, you don't get more tropical than that. They're like right on the equator. They have a wet season, a rainy season, and a dry season. Even countries that you think their temperature doesn't fluctuate, they have seasons. This is how God created things. And it is a reflection of the spirit realm. And if it's a reflection of the spirit realm, then you can expect in your own spiritual walk, you'll have seasons. And the context of all this is staying current with God so you know what season you're in, so you know how to dress spiritually. In Seattle, it started raining in October. It didn't stop till May. That was the rainy season. You break out all the Gore-Tex. People in Seattle don't carry umbrellas. They all have Gore-Tex. To this day, I don't carry an umbrella because I was raised in Seattle. It's raining. So don't you need an umbrella? Those are for sissies. It's raining really hard. Do you think it's going to mess my hair up? It doesn't bother me a bit. In Seattle, people do yard work in the rain, which is how it is. It's a seasonal thing. Up in the Northwest, they get ready. They have two seasons, summer and winter. Up in Michigan, and they break out the snowblower and the galoshes and the snowmobiles. And this is a reflection of the spirit realm. And your life spiritually will go through seasons. And if you stay current with God, you'll know what season you're in, like the children of Issachar, and you'll know what to do in that season. Even Jesus was tempted, and then Satan left him for a season. Ah. So you'll have seasons where you flourish, and then you'll have seasons where your enemy will come and buffet you. All right, let's go on here. You'll start to see more of this as we build upon it. Weather is seasonal, even in the tropics. Animals have life cycles. Every animal does. Birds molt. That means they shed their feathers. Snakes shed. Bears hibernate. Butterflies transform uh, into caterpillars. Flies begin as maggots. Some mammals have a rutting season and some animals migrate in their seasons. 
See, here's creation in seasons. Many trees only grow and bear fruit seasonally. Cut open a tree, hardwood, you see rings. You know what the rings represent? Seasonal growth. They grow in the summer, they go dormant in the winter. Male and female humans have hormonal seasons. We understand this. Men, if you didn't know it, your body even runs in hormonal cycles. Uh, a woman's ability to reproduce life is dictated by times and seasons. God himself even told Sarah this. Next year, according to the time and season, you'll bear a child. But we understand this scientifically. Uh, their, their ability to reproduce is dictated by time and seasons from puberty, which begins in a season, to monthly ovulation, which is seasonal, once a month, to menopause, which is the end of the season of life bearing. Our natural and our Christian lives have seasons. In the natural, you have infancy, childhood, adolescence, adulthood, and old age. Spiritually, you have seasons, beginning as a babe in Christ, or as Timothy calls it, a newly planted one. Then 1 John goes on to talk about little children, young men, and fathers. Spiritually, if you'll stay current with God, you'll go through these cycles of maturation and maturity. I like what one thing Pastor Shane shared when he was with us to the ministers in our ministers meeting. He said the, diff, the time from 1 Corinthians to 2 Corinthians, the, the time span between the two epistles is about three to five years, what theologians believe. He comes in, first, in 2 Corinthians and rebukes him and says, when the time had come that I would have expected you to be mature, you are not, you're yet babes. And he and uh, Tony Cook from Raymond both teach that because of that, they believe that the typical time frame to be mature as a Christian ought to be about three to five years. I mean, because really, how difficult is the scriptures? Not very. The basics of Christianity, not, not very difficult. Three to five years, you can get yourself a master's degree. You can get yourself an undergrad. On top of that, another three to five years, you can get a PhD. How come we have 25-year-olds in Christ who still act like newly planted ones, babes in Christ? And it's only because you don't do the word, you don't stay current with God, you don't recognize the times and the seasons, and you cause people to carry you. My wife and I even discuss you guys because we're your pastors, and there's some of you, now we're, now we're pastoring, we're not just teaching. <laughs> some of you would say, Lord, honey, what's wrong with them? And the truth is, it's because my wife said it, she said, it's like that one guest minister said, they're just not people of the word. It's what Dr. Barclay said, honey, she says, they're not doers of the word. They're just not doers of the word. They're not word people. Now you come to a word church. I endeavor to do the word, but perhaps the reason you've not advanced from a little children to young men, you, know, you can be 70 years old and still be a little child, or you can be 25 years old and be a young man, is because you're not a doer of the word. And don't, don't mistake it. This is me being pastor right now. Just because you come to this church doesn't make you mature. Just because you come to what other, others might consider a mature church doesn't make you mature. You've got to continue in this cycle. So that's me being pastor. Let's go back and be a teacher now. Little children, young men, and fathers. All creation, here's eight, Romans 8.22, all creation groans and travails in pain together until now. Until now represents a season. Amazingly, God created life to grow in seasons and to keep growing, yet many Christians filled with the very life of God himself stall out and stop growing. You know, the tree doesn't freak out when wintertime comes. It just says, ah, and all the little vessels and all the little uh, the capillaries in the tree, they, they shut down and they stop moving water from the roots and the leaves fall off and it goes into a dormant stage. And the tree doesn't freak out. 
says, up, oh, just give me another two or three months. It'll warm up and I'll start again. Sometimes we go through seasons that we think are dormant and we freak out. We want to pull up the ball and run down the road to another church when really we should say, hey, it's just a season. Give it some time. It'll pass. Sun will come out. It'll warm up. The birds will start chirping and I'll begin again. You know what? Mama bear doesn't freak out when it starts getting cold. Nope. She eats like a pig all fall long. Then she go finds her den, delivers her cubs and they hibernate through the winter. And she says, you know what? <gasps> come springtime, I'll start catching salmon again and kill me some little bunnies. No big deal. But for some reason, because we are not as the children of Issachar who have understanding of the times and the seasons, we freak out when we're not advancing as we should. We freak out when things are tougher than we thought they were last month. Just get over it. It's okay. I've experienced in my life, not as a preacher, but even as a Christian, there's seasons where I'm witnessing to everything that moves or breathes and looks funny. Then there's seasons where I don't seem to witness to anybody. And that's okay. There's seasons I spend more time in prayer. There's seasons when I spend more time in the Word. And it's just part of it. There's hard seasons on me and there's easy seasons on me. I remember right before we broke ground and started remodeling, I told my wife, I said, honey, life is so good right now. I don't think life could get any better. I mean, this is awesome. I'm having the time of my life. Then all of a sudden we broke ground and started remodeling and all hell broke loose and I went through the toughest season of my life for nearly two months. And that was just a month ago. But you don't quit. You're like, ah, this will pass too. It's just stormy season. So don't freak out. Get a hold of the fact that God moves in seasons and the spirit realm seems to rotate in seasons. May we grow and increase with the increase of God. Colossians 2.19. Let's look at this. Now, God moves in seasons. As creation is a reflection of God's nature, we should expect to find that God himself moves and reveals himself in seasons. God is progressive, and he is constantly revealing more of himself to us through his word and by his spirit. If you want to please God, you must stay current with him and with what he is emphasizing in that hour. Staying current with God will make you what you ought to be because God will be allowed to raise you to the occasion at hand. Now faith is. Faith is not what God was doing yesterday. There's a lot of stuff there. You can go back and read it. I want to get to these examples here of God moving in seasons and God emphasizing different things in seasons. What you're going to see in all these bullet points that I've got are different revivals or different moves of God. Just to give you real quick, we might cover this in another lesson. Over the last hundred years, we've had about six significant moves of God in the United States of America, beginning with Azusa Street in the 1900s, 1908, 1910, 1912. Then it became uh, what was the full gospel denominational movement that came out of the Azusa Street uh, revolution of Pentecostalism. Then in the 40s and 50s, you had the healing revival. And that dried up. And then what you had uh, was you had the charismatic renewal or the Jesus movement of the 60s. Then that dried up. And then what came out of that was the teaching revival. That has dried up. And now what we're in is we're seeing one of the last great moves of God. And if you try to go back and be Azusa Street, you'll be goofy. If you try to go back and be the Pentecostal denominations of the 30s and 40s, you'll be goofy. You try to go back and drum up a healing revival when there is none, you'll be goofy. You try to go back and be the Jesus movement, the charismatic renewal, you'll be goofy. And if you try to stay in the teaching revival that was the 70s, 80s, and early part of the 90s, you'll be goofy. You've got to stay current with God. And what happens is people want to go back and be what used to be and not what faith is now. And there was God in every one of those from Azusa Street 
to the denominations, to the healing revival, to the charismatic renewal, to the teaching revival. But God is not emphasizing those things anymore. God is a God of the now, and he is currently moving in this new direction, which is biblical, which incorporates a little bit of all that, but there's this new emphasis now. Can we understand that? Are you picking up what I'm laying down? Are we confused anyway? Okay, good. Look at this. Examples of changing seasons and emphases. In Noah's day, God emphasized building an ark. Pretty cool, huh? Noah stayed current and became a master ark builder. That was, the, that was the move of God in Noah's day. That was revival. That was what the Spirit of God was saying. He didn't say have a healing revival. He didn't say start a Bible school. He didn't say start a school of the prophets. He said build a boat. I don't know how to build a boat. I don't care. Build a boat. See, lots of times we as Christians, God tells us to do something or leadership tells us to do something and we say, I don't know how to. Have you not noticed by now God does not care about you not know how to? He doesn't care one bit about what you're good at or what you're not good at. If he tells you to do it, say, yes, sir, I'll figure it out because then he'll help you. Next bullet point. In Abraham's day, God emphasized living in tents and walking around the land of Israel. Abraham stayed current with God and became a wandering tent dweller and he did not have Noah's ministry. Notice if Abraham had tried to go back and rehash the past, he'd have built a boat for nothing and missed the will of God. But Noah was a prophet of God and Abraham was a prophet of God, but they had two totally different ministries, two totally different emphasis. And God was moving in a season. Next one. In Moses' day, God emphasized leaving Egypt to worship at Mount Horeb. Moses stayed current and became a pastor judge and delivered Israel from Egypt to serve God. And he built the tabernacle and he did not have Abraham's ministry. Moses is called a prophet. Three prophets, three totally different ministries, three totally different emphasis because they stayed current with God. Can you imagine what God would have said to Moses if he got up on that mountain? God spoke to him and said, you know what? I think I'll build a boat. God didn't tell him to build a boat. He said, go set my people free. So you're seeing all of a sudden three, three different seasons, three different emphasis. God is God at the same time. He's moving by faith. He's moving by grace. He's moving by the word with mercy, justice, and judgment. But it's three totally different moves of God. And they all took the same formula to perfect faith. These men are all mentioned in the hall of faith. By faith, they did this. And whatever the season is in your life right now, by faith, you'll do it. By faith, you'll get the victory over it. By faith, you'll master it. In Joshua's day, next bullet point, God emphasized taking the promised land one city at a time. Joshua stayed current with God and became a mighty military leader. He did not have Moses' ministry. Imagine if Joshua tried to go back down to Egypt and repeat and redo what Moses had already done. It makes no sense. Yet we'll try to do it. We'll try to be another Rama. Well, we'll try to start another school of the prophets. Many of modern American preacher has gotten goofy trying to do a school of the prophets. God isn't emphasizing schools of the prophets. He's emphasizing strong local churches and making disciples of Jesus Christ. And as my pastor, Dr. Barkley, the prophet told me, he said, son, our purpose right now, our emphasis is getting the church ready for the Lord's return. That is what God is telling us to do. That makes it easy. I don't have to hear anything else from God the rest of my life. I have my commission. Get the church ready for the Lord's return. That's the hour we're in. Let's look at another season. In Gideon's day, God emphasized destroying Baal worship and ridding Israel of the Midianites. Gideon stayed current with God and built an ark and went back to Egypt. 
Now I just threw that in there. See if you're paying attention just to hear you say, no, pastor, that's not right. But yet we try to do that stuff sometimes. God's telling us, be a good housewife, be a good worker, be a good sound man, be a good drummer. And we want to be everything but what God's telling us to be. But you're not anointed to be anything but what God's called you to be. And you're not current with God. You're trying to hijack the season. Can you imagine laying out and going sun tanning in the wintertime when it's 15 below zero and it's blowing snow? And you're out there in your skivvies. Your neighbors are going to drive by and say, that is an idiot. Or in a Yankee one, because they're used to this kind of cold temperature. We Southerners, we don't know what to do. The potato bins run, the tater bins running low and we're hungry. See, you got to know how to act in seasons with what God is emphasizing in your life. He did not have Joshua's ministry. He, he, Gideon stayed current with God and became a destroyer of altars and Midianites. He judged Israel, I'm adding this now, and he did not have Joshua's ministry. Yet he's considered a judge like Joshua was considered a judge. Two totally different emphasis because God was emphasizing something different for the day at hand. We cannot go back and be a Joshua. We cannot go back and be a Gideon. We cannot go back and be a Moses. Their ministries are done. Now we can take things that they did and emphasize it or apply it to our life, their faith, their leadership, how they did things by faith, how they pleased God. We can do that, but there's not another one of us that will ever be Moses again. We know that. There's not another one of us that will ever be a Brother Hagen again. There's not a one of us that will ever be a Dr. Summerall again. We are who we are now by the grace of God, and that's what we go forward with. In King David's day, God emphasized overcoming enemies and establishing the kingdom of Israel. David stayed current with God and became a great military leader, worship leader, and revivalist. That's one word we've never associated with any of these past uh, Israeli leaders, Israelites. Some of them were great revivalists. They brought revival to Israel and Israel turned back to God. David stirred, stayed current with God and became a great military leader. He, we know he killed his 10,000s. He became a great worship leader. The book of Acts says, God said, I will restore at this time the worship of David, the tabernacle of David and a revivalist. He did not have Gideon's ministry. He stayed current with God. In King Solomon's day, God emphasized the building of the temple. Solomon stayed current with God and built a beautiful temple for the Lord God. He did not have his dad's ministry. Are we seeing a pattern here? I'm kind of running this thing into the ground. I, I actually skipped a lot of stories just for time's sake that I could have added in here because we didn't talk about Samson. You know, we, we didn't talk about, uh, 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 well, King Saul. We didn't talk about King Saul. We didn't talk about Isaac. We didn't talk about Jacob. We didn't talk about Joseph. What was Joseph's ministry? Save Egypt. That's it. He was raised up just to save Egypt, but he was a prophet and a dreamer of dreams and an interpreter of dreams. Mighty man of God, but he was raised up for one reason, to save Egypt and the seed of Abraham. That's it. And you can't go be a dreamer of dreams and an interpreter of dreams and you can't go save Egypt. That's not your job, but you can learn things from Joseph. Let's move on here. Daniel understood that Israel was to be in a season of Babylonian captivity that was to last 70 years. You couldn't do anything about it. God said 70 years. It was appointed. You couldn't speed it up. You couldn't slow it down. It was going to be 70 years. And he understood that by the Bible because he says, I studied out by the books, the number that Jeremiah had ascribed or prescribed to Israel. That's when he began to pray and say, Lord, those 70 years are almost up. What are you going to do, Lord? What are you going to do, Lord? And Daniel helped get Israel out by prayer. In Zerubbabel's day, God emphasized rebuilding the temple. 
Zerubbabel returned to Jerusalem from Babylon and rebuilt the temple. He rebuilt it and he did not have Solomon's ministry. Solomon built it, Babylon destroyed it. Zerubbabel went back out of captivity, rebuilt it. Different emphasis, different day, same spirit of God, same faith, same grace, same ability, different season. In Nehemiah's day, shortly after Zerubbabel, about 80 years, God emphasized building a wall around Jerusalem. Nehemiah stayed current with God and became a master wall builder, and he did not have Zerubbabel's ministry. In Ezra's day, during Nehemiah's day, God emphasized to him the reinstatement of the Mosaic law. Ezra stayed current with God and became a great teacher and revivalist. If you study the book of Ezra, after the wall is built, Ezra begins to teach the law. Really, he just begins to read it. And you know what happens? Israel repents and says, oh my gosh, we have not been doing this. And they repented, sackcloth and ashes, and they had revival just by reading the law. That's why that hyper grace stuff doesn't like the law because it actually will bring revival. Think about Ezra, an Old Testament scribe, reads Moses' law for like two days straight and it causes revival. But they like to take the scripture out of context, the letter killeth. Jesus speaking to the Pharisees who had made the letter a killer. But then Paul comes along and says, the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. Ezra stuck with his call, his emphasis, all he did was read Moses' law and Israel returned to God. And he didn't have Nehemiah's ministry. This is my favorite part, the Galatians 4.4. But when the fullness of time was come, God emphasized Jesus Christ and redeemed mankind. Galatians 4 says in the fullness of time, that's a season. What we're seeing here over and over and over again is that God moves in seasons. What we've been deceived, I think, into believing is that we should have, quote, no dry season. That if we're going through something, we've done something wrong. Sometimes that's true. Generally speaking, if you're serving God with your heart, it's not. Sometimes you go through stuff because it's the season. Sometimes you go through stuff, and then we'll look at this in the next lessons, because uh, if, you're not, if you don't ever go through stuff, you won't be perfected. If you don't ever go through stuff, you'll never know what's in you. If you don't ever go through stuff, you won't be established. If you don't ever go through stuff, you won't be strengthened. We've been deceived into thinking if we had strong enough faith, we could just glide and just slip on into heaven without any opposition, without any struggles, without any testing, without any enemy resistance. And that's just not the case. And there truly are seasons when you advance and take ground, but even that takes combat. Like in Joshua's day, they had to go fight. You know they broke a sweat swing and a sword. We were almost taught that you could just sit back and do nothing and get it all by faith confessions. Now, there's seasons in your life when you've got to do a lot of praying. There's seasons in your life when you're going to have to get on your knees and seek God for an hour or two a day. Then there's seasons where you won't have to do that so much. In fact, I may have to go and dig out some, some Greek, maybe write a scripture, or write a curriculum on it. There's two words for time in the Greek New Testament, kairos and chronos. Kronos is where we get chronograph, kairos, and they mean two different kinds of time. And based on how they're used in the scriptures, the emphasis is, or the implication is, depending on what season of time you're in, you're going to have to act differently. Just like animals act differently in seasons. Geese fly south when it starts getting chilly. They act differently, but it's still life. Locusts, you know, around here, cicadas, they bore underground and hibernate for 17 years. And they're still alive, but you don't see them for 17 years. 
In our next uh, curriculum, we'll look at how Paul's life had several seasons. So does yours. The problem with a lot of Christians and even ministers in training, they want to be what they're supposed to be 15 years from now. They want to be that right now. This all comes back to contentment. The thing is, if you don't emphasize and focus on where you're supposed to be right now, if you don't have faith for right now, you'll never see the next season. You'll never make it to the next season. If mama bear doesn't focus on what she's supposed to do in the winter, she'll never see springtime. If the salmon which go up the river to spawn, they don't focus on spawning, there'll be no next generation to continue the life cycle. Life cycle. See, this is key to staying current with God. You've got to know what season you're in so you know how to act. If you're in a season of attack, you act differently than if you're in a season of promotion. If you're in a season of sickness, you act differently than if you're in a season of prosperity. If you're in a season where you're under attack, you operate and act differently than if you're in a season where you're taking the land. You've got to begin to recognize this in your life. And we'll start to cover this in the coming classes so you can recognize where you're at. Because see, it's stupid for a Christian to be battling a sickness and they're more concerned with buying a new car. That's dumb. Because you'll get the new car and you'll lose the battle of, of health. Then what does the car do for you? Nothing. It's foolish for parents to have children that they're, risk, that they're in danger of losing and your emphasis is taking another vacation. Why are you worried about a vacation when you're about to lose the kid? You ought to focus all time, energy, and resources on saving the children. Forget about vacation. You won't be able to enjoy vacation. It's dumb for a church or a pastor of a church to be worried about keeping up with the Joneses when his church is under attack or his people are, are having buffetings and issues. See, it doesn't make any sense. Natural creation understands this. They do what they're supposed to do in their proper season we, we want to be the same summer, fall, winter, spring. And even in your natural, you're not. Even your automobile has to be adjusted for the seasons. You put in different kinds of antifreeze. You put in different kinds of, of a windshield wiper fluid. You put different kinds of tires on if you live in the north. Did you know that even the petroleum industry changes your gasoline for seasons? And you run richer in the winter than you do the summer. And you'll get worse gas mileage in the winter no matter what you do because it's how uh, the, pr the plants process the fuel for you. And you have no say in it. But for whatever reason, we as Christians, we want to live the same, should I say mediocre Christianity every season and we expect different results. And we wonder why in certain seasons we shrivel and in other seasons we seem to take headway. I watch trees grow and they don't ever draw back. They just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And they do what they're supposed to do in the season that they're in. Let's look here. If you try to do something today that God was emphasizing yesterday, it will be nothing more than a dead religious work. Can you imagine if the church of the Lord Jesus Christ today decided to take it upon themselves to build a big boat to put a zoo in? Would God be in that boat? Was God in Noah's boat? Yeah. Would God be in that boat? No. Was God in Solomon's temple? Yes. Is he there today? No. Was God with Gideon killing Midianites? Yes. Can you go kill Midianites today? No. <laughs> this is seasonal progression. 
Imagine Moses building an ark for animals or Solomon leaving the temple to live like Abraham. We cannot go back. We must go forward. Faith goes forward. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them that draw back. Now the word draw back in both those verses there in the Greek means the timidity of one stealthily retreating. That means you're quitting. It also means cowardice. Paul says there, I believe he wrote Hebrews, if any man is a coward, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. You trying to stay the same today as you were 10 years ago, as you will be 10 years from now, is cowardice. It takes faith and courage to go forward and possess the land. And you're going to do things you've never done before and you cannot be afraid of it. Fear is what paralyzes most of us from going forward. What will I do? You'll trust God and he'll walk you through it like he's done so many other times. But it's amazing how many Christians operate in more fear than they do faith. He started off by saying the just live by faith. The opposite of faith is retreating. The opposite of faith is cowardice. Paul says, but we are not of them that draw back unto perdition. Notice if you start drawing back, that means you, you start trying to build an ark. You start trying to build a tabernacle. You try to build a temple. He says, you'll, you'll do that unto perdition. You'll do that unto judgment, condemnation. We could say failure. But we are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. The only way you're going to save your soul, by that we don't mean salvation. We mean mind, will, and emotions, maturation. The only way you're going to do that is by faith, constantly going forward, staying current with whatever season you're in. We are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. We don't draw back in God. We stay current and press forward. Elijah once tried to go back in time and find God on Moses' mountain. It did not work for him and it will not work for you. You must stay current with God. God was once on Moses' mountain. Once. If you and I go to that mountain today, do you think we'll find God? No. Where will you find God today? In the local church. In us. We're the temple of the living God now. We must stay current. So hopefully this is helping you. I'm trying to teach you how to stay current with the Holy Ghost. And we're having to kind of back way far up and see how God operates in seasons and times. That it isn't just a, a steady timeline, but there are seasons to this thing. If you can recognize it, you'll be as the men of Issachar. You'll recognize the time and you'll know what to do in that time. When your house is on fire, you don't sit down and watch a movie. You recognize the season. And when your car is out of gas, you don't change a tire. It's a different season. And it's the same way for you spiritually. So you're going to have to figure this stuff out. But uh, that's it for this class. We're done there. Appreciate you coming out. Next lesson will be the seasons of God, part two. And we'll teach you about the seasons in your own life. Love you guys.